My global IQ is 109. Just over a week ago, after several months of protests, the residents of Hong Kong were given a strong reminder that the relationship with the mainland, the People's Republic of China, had changed as a result of China's imposition of what is called the national security law that can only be described as draconian. The Dean of Faculty and Academic Affairs at the National War College and a distinguished authority on Asia, Dr. Cynthia Watson is today's Global IQ guest. And let me remind everyone that Dr. Watson is here in her personal capacity and not as a representative of the US government. It's great to have you with us, Cynthia, thank you. Thank you, Jim. So Dr. Watson, why now? What brought this on on June 30th? Uh, I think that Beijing became weary of what they saw in Hong Kong. I think that they frankly waited longer than I thought they would. But the COVID experience probably shook the regime a little more than many people are thinking about now. If your listeners go back and think about January, February of this year, there were videos that appeared often without complete certainty that they were authentic, but they certainly looked authentic, of protests in Wuhan, protests in parts of Beijing at the government's lack of a response, therefore an idea that the government was weak. And by taking a draconian step in Hong Kong, this made it very clear that Beijing does not see itself as weak and that they will respond to what they see as threats to their uh, ability to govern uh, dramatically and substantially. I think a second thing that this indicates is a message to Taiwan. President Tsai Ing-wen in Taiwan uh, was inaugurated this spring for a second term. She won a very strong victory uh, a, a great re-election victory in January. And this is yet another indication to the people of Taiwan that Beijing doesn't mess around with things that they consider to be inevitable. And what I mean by that is Hong Kong was supposed to be in a special administrative status for 50 years. They survived 23 years to the day in a relatively open status. But 23 years is, is a fair amount of time. They're not willing to allow the question of Taiwan to keep lingering. And one of the things that we see increasingly in conversations with the Chinese is a frustration that Tsai Ing-wen's Democratic Progressive Party might with U.S. support, go down the path of declaring a formal independence. And I think that this was very much aimed at saying, don't do that, because we will act sharply, we will act aggressively, and as you put it, we will act in a draconian manner if Taiwan were to do that. Well, we know Beijing's record, Beijing's record on human rights is, is, not too, <laughs> is not too good. Abysmal, yes. Abysmal. Any guardrails about what they can do in Hong Kong to residents who make protests? Well, I think there's a different way to look at it. And that is what are the instruments that the international community has 
to stop China. It is a geographic area adjacent to southern China. It is an area where there have been uh, People's Liberation Army troops garrisoned back to July 1st, 1997, when the handover from Britain happened. And I think all too often, we talk in relatively um, high-level discussions about things that a government should do without recognizing what the instruments are to use to do those things. And I'm just not sure that Beijing feels nearly as threatened by very many instruments today as you know, we see Shanghai as a much more important economic power for China than it was in 1997, Hong Kong relatively less important. We see a China that has a stronger People's Liberation Army. It's been modernizing since the mid-1990s. Uh, the United States has been um, spread around the world, and we do not have, I mean, we have a geographic disadvantage on Hong Kong, no matter how you look at it, because it's a very wide Pacific Ocean. And while the United States has carrier battle groups operating in the Pacific, the reality is that carrier battle groups are only an arm of the United States. So we could go through a series of other instruments. Sanctions is the one that we often call upon, but sanctions are a very slow tool. And it's not clear that the United States and other countries, if they choose to impose them, would in fact keep those sanctions in place long enough to make them worthy of what they're trying to accomplish. So I'm just, I'm, I'm left asking what our real leverage is in this situation, should the United States seek to use it. I would also just say that most of the rest of the world is equally unhappy with China, but because they have economic ties to China and China's never afraid to throw its power around, and that can be economic power, I don't think it's very likely that other states are gonna take any actions that are much more aggressive than the United States. Dallas Baptist University is a global Christ-centered institution whose students are making an impact in business, law, medicine, education, public service, and the list goes on. DBU is honored to sponsor the Global IQ podcast and to offer a significant scholarship for World Affairs Council members towards a master's in international studies. For further information about this scholarship or about DBU in general, email Lee Bratcher at leeb at dbu.edu. So Hong Kong is known as one of the most important commercial centers in the world. Mm -hmm. Do you expect a lot of companies, U.S. and others, just uh, rush to the exit? I'm not sure that they'll rush to the exit because I think many of them already have. Many companies have relocated to Singapore. Uh, those who have relocated into mainland China itself uh, may be reevaluating, but it's Hong Kong is simply not the territory that it was in 1990, for example, or, or even further back, 1970. The, the dynamics of the special administrative region, as it is called within China, have changed. 
And I think that Beijing measured all of this and very much calculated that this was something that they could do and that there weren't likely to be very many ways that someone could adversely affect them. And I would also remind everybody of something that may be in the back of their minds. When the Tiananmen Square incident happened in June of 1989, the world put sanctions on China for sending troops in against their own kids, roughly the same age as these protesters in Hong Kong. The world put sanctions and then within 18 months took those sanctions away. And China knows that. Um, they've always had one advantage that they think they will have forever. And it'll be up to us to prove whether it's indeed a forever thing. And that is the desire on the part of Westerners, of of neighbors, of the United States, of other countries to get into that vast Chinese market. They are calculating that in the end that we will do that and we will look the other way on these things. It'll be up to us to determine whether that's the case. And sadly, they're probably right. I don't know. I don't predict the future anymore because there's been too many things just in the last six months that are too hard to predict. Well, I'm very grateful that you took time to discuss the present with us. Stay safe. Thanks for being my guest on Global IQ with Jim Falk. Thank you.